Hey, welcome to the Upside of Bipolar, conversations on the road to wellness. I am so excited that you decided to join me today. We're a community learning how to live well with bipolar disorder, and we reject that the best we can expect is learning how to suffer well with it. I'm your host, Michelle Reidinger of MyUpsideOfDown.com, where I help people with bipolar disorder use the map to wellness to live healthy, balanced, productive lives. Welcome to the conversation. Hey, welcome to the Upside of Bipolar. I am flying solo tonight because I have something important that I want to talk to you about. One of the things that's most challenging about bipolar disorder is the unpredictability of the mood swings. And it's been something, it was something that I really struggled with for years. Part of the problem is that when you're struggling with bipolar undiagnosed for a long time, it starts to feel normal. And when I was diagnosed, I felt like I was aware finally of the of the mood swings but i didn't really understand what was happening and i didn't i didn't know why they were happening mood swings i call them mood cycles if you've heard me talking before in previous videos or online i talk about them like mood cycles because for me they would occur in a cycle it always started with mania and then it would become uh, then i would crash into depression and so it was a cycle that was fairly predictable once I saw that what was happening, but it was, it, it was happening without me realizing it was starting. And that's one of the things that I felt like was made me feel most helpless and vulnerable with my bipolar was that the unpredictability of the mood swings and the helplessness. I felt like a victim. Every time I would experience a mood swing, I felt like I was getting yanked onto a roller coaster and I just had to hold on for dear life. Every time I started feeling manic. My Most of my mania was hypomania. I did have some psychotic episodes, but most of the mania I experienced was hypomania. And it started off just with me feeling good. I felt, you know, really good. I felt energetic. I, I started feeling like I could accomplish a lot of things and I would ramp up. And when I would get really manic, I would make really bad impulsive decisions. I would forget to feed my children. I would forget to feed myself. You know, a lot of things that were important got forgotten about. And I started get, taking on big projects and a lot of debt. And then I would crash into depression and then I just couldn't function. I, I would kept trying to do everything that I normally did. And it felt like I was drowning. And I, I, one of the ways that I described it one time is it felt like I was trying to sludge through tar. Like I just couldn't do anything. I had no energy. I had my brain wouldn't work. My brain feels really cloudy and, and dysfunctional when I'm depressed. And it made me feel increasingly embarrassed and humiliated. I would make these really bad choices, impulsive decisions when I was manic, and then I wouldn't be able to function or follow through on anything that I committed to. And I felt helpless, and I felt like a victim. And the other thing that I started feeling was really angry and very belligerent. I felt like it wasn't fair. What I was going through wasn't fair. It wasn't my fault. It wasn't fair that I had to do this. And sometimes I would even feel like, well, fine, if I have to suffer, everybody else is just going to have to suffer right along with me. But the reality was, we really were all suffering. I was suffering, my husband was suffering, my children were suffering, and I didn't really want that for my family, but I didn't know what else to do. So after about a decade of this, I started to try and figure out what to do about it. I, I didn't know, you know, I, I had counselors that couldn't really help me. A lot of times they would give me really unhelpful advice, like, count to 10 when I was, you know, experiencing bipolar rage. And anybody who's ever experienced bipolar rage, counting to 10 isn't an option. Like there's no rational thought. There's no awareness of what's happening until it's happening. And so I started 
to develop a plan for myself to start helping me learn how to successfully manage my bipolar mood swings. And over the years, I developed something that now I call it the Mood Cycle Survival Guide. And it's been a really important tool to help me learn how to successfully navigate my bipolar disorder. And the the thing that has been most important about this is acknowledging that I'm going to have mood swings and then learning how to manage them effectively so that it lessens the impact on me and my family and shortens the duration of the mood swing or the mood cycle. So I want to just give you a little bit of insight into how that was developed and why it's so important, because it's something that I encourage everybody to develop for themselves. I offer it for free. There's a, there's a free ebook and workbook that I offer for free on my, on my website, because I really want everybody to have access to this tool. The first piece to it is, is identifying who your response team is. Who are the people that are going to help you when you need help? when you're either a maniac or depressed. And this is a really important part because when you are experiencing a bipolar mid swing, you are not able to always function fully. When you're manic, a lot of times we make really irrational decisions and our spouses, if you're married or, or if you're in a serious relationship, don't know what to do. They don't know how to help you. They don't know how to, how to respond to it. They need to have a defined role in, in helping you. And they need to know what is appropriate and what isn't appropriate. Defining clear boundaries for your response team is really important. Making sure that you know who your therapist is, who your doctor is, make sure that your partner has access to them if that would be appropriate, and clearly understand what their role is in your care and how to reach out to them when you need help. With children, it's really important to have somebody to help with, you know, help you with your kids. For me, when I was struggling, especially when I was, I was really, really sick when my children were little. And there were times when I was like, I couldn't get myself out of bed in the morning. I was, you know, couldn't shower. I would, you know, have a hard time even feeding my children. There were times when I would lay on, on the couch, turn the TV on, and I had one arm wrapped around each of my children so that I could sleep and know if they were, you know, got up so that I could be aware of what was going on with them. But I had a friend who recognized what was going on, and she, she was the one who first offered to help my, with my children occasionally. She would call me when she knew I was depressed and she would offer to take them to the park for a couple hours or take them over to her house to play for a couple hours. And it was such a huge relief for me because it gave me an opportunity to be able to take a nap or, you know, take care of myself in some way. And I knew that my children were cared for. And so that was when I first started recognizing how important it was for me to find help, how, how important it was for me to figure out, like, when I'm not able to function, when I'm depressed, who can I ask for help and what kind of help can I ask them for? One of the things that I struggled with also is I was a swim coach for a long time. I loved coaching, but as my illness got progressively worse, there were lots of times when I couldn't function in that role and I didn't know what to do. I didn't know, do I just quit? Am I not able to do this anymore? But I got close with my assistant coach and she really loved me as a coach and wanted me to keep coaching. And I confessed to her what I was struggling with and she and I worked out a plan so that when I was struggling with anxiety or depression, that I would just give her workouts and she would run the workout for me. I would just let her know I'm not going to be able to come today, but I would have pre-made workouts. And so developing a team of people that are willing to support you and identifying clear boundaries is really important. That's the first piece of this plan is identifying who your response team is. The second piece is, and I, I started recognizing how important this was, was identifying, I call it your early warning system. How do you know when you are becoming manic or depressed. I used to struggle with that. I didn't recognize mania until I was in full-blown mania. 
I didn't recognize it. And I, and I used to get really stressed because I couldn't tell if I was manic or just feeling really good that day. And I think sometimes I might have actually triggered mania unintentionally because I was so worried about it and started obsessing about whether or not I was manic. And I, I think I might have triggered manic episodes that way. The same thing with depression. Like sometimes I was such a familiar feeling that I didn't really know if I was depressed. And I recognized how important it was for me to identify what the symptoms were that actually indicated those states of mind so that I would know, oh man, I'm getting manic. I need to put some boundaries around my activities so that I don't make bad choices right now. Or I'm depressed. I need to take care of myself during this time. But identifying what those symptoms were, and it's not going to be the same for everybody. For me, the two big red flags that indicate that I'm in a manic episode are I cannot sleep at night. I stay up. I can't sleep. My mind races. It goes really fast. And so it's very, those two things are big red flags. Those are, those, those mean I'm entering a manic episode. For depression, the two things that I experience when I'm depressed that are big red flags for me are I'm exhausted, like absolutely exhausted. I cannot function and my brain gets really muddy. So the way that my brain works is a big red flag on both sides the way that my, and, and my fatigue level or, or not an ability to sleep. Those are, those are things for me. So identifying those symptoms was really important. I call that my early warning system. The other thing that was really helpful in that part was identifying triggers. When I started recognizing these things trigger. So one of the things I've talked about before is that I, we've recognized, my husband and I've recognized that moving is a trigger for hypomania for me. Another trigger for hypomania is when I train for events. So I used to do triathlons and we recognized that every time I would train for an event, I would create a hypomanic state for myself. And as I've said before, you cannot jump on the roller coaster and jump off partway through. And so I recognized that's a trigger. And so for me, I just eliminated that trigger. Moving wasn't one that we could necessarily eliminate because the times we moved were necessary. They, you know, we had to move for jobs just to stay employed. But I could eliminate training for triathlons. And so as much as I love doing that, I like stability better. So creating an early warning system for yourself as part of this plan is really important because it helps you to start recognizing when you're, when you are starting to get into a manic or, or depressive episode so that you can then put the rest of the plan into place, you know, t- reach out to the people that are your support team, uh, your, your response team and ask them for the help that they've agreed to give you. The third piece of this plan is figuring out what your power priorities are. And this was something that was interesting. It kind of developed over time. The first part of it was when I would get hypomanic, I would forget to eat. That's That was a something that I did pretty regularly. I would get going on big projects and get hyper-focused on what I was doing and I would forget to eat. And my children, when I had little children, they would either have to be very loud and let me know that they were hungry to remind me that they needed to eat or they would go scavenge in the, in the kitchen for for food because they were hungry and mom was like going on a big project and I was busy. Um, and that was mortifying for me as a mom to realize that I forgot to feed my children. So you know, the other side of that was when I got depressed, I would try to keep doing everything that I normally did. And I, it felt like trying to climb a, a hill in a mudslide. I couldn't do everything. And so because I was trying to do everything, the things that were most important weren't getting done. So I developed this part of this plan for myself, which is the power of priorities. What are the things that are most important? What are the things that need to be done no matter what? And I kept it minimal because I wanted to make sure that I wasn't trying to do everything and accidentally triggering hypomania in myself by trying to make sure I was doing all the things. I just had a few things, 
eating is one of, is a big one. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but if you have bipolar disorder, you'll know that sometimes nutrition is not our, you know, our forte. And so making sure that my, I got fed and that my family got fed, making sure that my children got where they needed to go, especially when they started school, making sure that they were being taken care of. So identifying what I call the power priorities was the third step in this plan. And then the final step in the plan was making sure that I figured out a way to get myself back to a healthy, balanced mental state. And this was a really, I call it rebooting your system. This was a really empowering part of this plan because I realized that I didn't have to just sit around waiting for myself to get better. I used to feel like that. I used to feel like I, like I said, I used to feel like I was on a roller coaster and I was just white knuckling it, holding on for dear life, waiting for it to end. But I realized that you don't need to do that. If you can start to learn what you need to do to, to manage yourself, to take care of yourself and get yourself back to a healthy, balanced mental state, you can create a plan for yourself to reboot your system and get you back to balance, get you back to maintenance mode. And I actually had, I still use this. I, I rarely experience any kind of mood shift even anymore, just normal kind of day-to-day regular things that normal people experience. But I've mostly healed my bipolar disorder but I still have to take care of myself. I still have to do the things to take care of my brain and take care of my body so that I stay healthy and balanced. And a couple of weeks ago, something really unexpected and tragic happened that was really traumatic. And at first I was okay. You know, I was doing all my self-care and everything and I was doing okay. And then last week I started having the symptoms, the red flags that indicated I was sliding into depression. One of them, you know, I was starting to get really, really tired all the time. I was feeling exhausted and I was having nightmares, my brain just felt really muddy. And I thought, I don't know what's going on. Like, why am I feeling like this? And on Monday, had the thought, well, what's the plan? You know, what is your plan? And so I went to my plan. And most of it is I don't even have to look at anymore, because it's so second nature, I've used it for so long. But the one thing that I realized that I'd forgotten to do was that I had neglected to check on my my reboot procedure. And one of the benefits to using this plan regularly is that the more you use it, the more refined it becomes, the shorter the times that you stay in these mental disruptive states, these, you know, mood cycles. Um, And so I contacted my therapist and got an appointment set up with her. And I contacted the company that provides the micronutrients that I take. And they made a recommendation to adjust the amount that I was taking in. They said, when you are under a lot of stress, your brain burns through nutrients faster. And so you need to increase what you're taking temporarily until the crisis is over. And so I did. And the next, I slept well that night. I didn't have any nightmares. And I woke up the next morning feeling normal again. I felt rested. My brain felt healthy again. And so just having that plan in place has been enabled me to prevent myself. Like I, I could feel myself sliding down into depression. I could feel it happening. But because I have this plan in place, I was able to manage it effectively and get myself right back into a healthy mental state. And so I I created this plan for myself, and I've used it for years, and I made it accessible for other people so that they can create it for themselves. And it's possible to heal your bipolar disorder. I didn't realize that for a long time. I thought that the best you could expect from having bipolar disorder was to learn how to just suffer well with it, because that's how it was for me for a long time. But I've learned that that's not true. I've learned that you can actually heal bipolar if you can get to the root cause of what is causing it. But the first step on that path is taking responsibility for your mood swings, learning how to manage them effectively and successfully so that when they occur, it lessens the impact on you and your family and shortens the duration of the the mood swing.
So I decided to do a, a fun challenge to try and encourage people to develop one of these plans for themselves. One of the things that can be really hard about, you know, working on your bipolar and trying to learn how to live well with it is that it feels really isolating and it can be kind of hard to do things by yourself. So in my Facebook group, I am running a challenge starting on Monday. It's called March Madless. I am 6'1", and my husband is 6'4". We're big basketball fans. I cannot play basketball. <laughs> I was a swimmer, but I love watching it. I love to watch basketball. And so I thought it would be fun to do a little play on the March Madness that's going on right now. And so we're calling it March Madless. And what we're doing is for two weeks, starting on, on the 20th, we're going to work together in the group to develop these plans. And you have access when you join the, the challenge, which is free, you'll have access to a free 12-page ebook that goes through each of the steps and explains in, in detail what you need to put into each step of your plan. And then there's also a workbook that can, you can use to write everything down in. And that, those are both free. Everything's free in this challenge and in the Facebook group. And what we'll do is for those two weeks, I'm going to do a live for each of the, each of the four steps. So on Monday, the 20th at, at noon mountain time, I'll do a live in the Facebook group and I'll talk about that first step of the plan. People can ask questions if you have any questions about it, but I will do a live to let everybody know what the step is and what you need to put in that part of the of part of the plan. Then um, on Thursday is the other the other day that I'm going to be doing a live. So I'll be doing a live on Mondays and Thursdays during the pr two weeks. And if you have any questions, you can ask them in there. If you can't watch it live, I'll, I'll save them in the Facebook group so you can go in and watch it later and just ask questions in the comments. But I wanted to make it fun and inclusive so that we can all work together to, to develop these plans and get that, take that first step on your journey to learning how to live well with your bipolar disorder. And the other thing that will be fun is I wanted to make it a little more interesting as far as like kind of a competition type thing. There will be prizes. So anybody who participates in it will be entered into a drawing and at the end I'll do a raffle and raffle off three prizes. I'm going to raffle off a $25 Amazon gift card, a $50 Amazon gift card, and then the grand prize is a year's membership in the Upsiders tribe and that's worth $200. So the, the year that membership is designed to help you learn what I've done to, to heal my bipolar disorder. I was very frustrated. It took me, I was diagnosed in 1998. And the first 12 years was just suffering. Like I just suffered. I was really struggling. I was suffering. I got worse and worse and worse. I ended up hospitalized a bunch of times. I made two attempts on my life during that time. Um, and back in 2010 was when things started to turn around. That was when I first, you know, learned how to, how to get my brain what it needed to be healthy um, through the micronutrients that my doctor and I found. And that was the beginning of the process, but it took a long time for me to find all of the different pieces that I needed to learn how to live well with my bipolar. And after about 10 years, I started getting really frustrated that somebody hadn't shown it to me before. Like, why did I have to figure these things out for myself? It's not like these things are unique or special. So why did I have to figure it out on my own? I wish that I had been given a treatment plan at the very beginning saying, these are the things that you need to do to heal your brain. And so that's what I did with the Upsiders Tribe is I just created a plan for people to follow that is the plan that I used to help you learn how to live well with your bipolar disorder. And so that's what the Upsiders Tribe is. That's what that membership prize is, is a year membership in the Upsiders Tribe to learn the steps to learning how to, to healing your bipolar disorder. And, and it's a lifestyle change for your mind. That's one of the things that's really important to understand about healing bipolar I think a lot of times people think that they're, they want to have like a magic bullet. 
I know a lot of people like to compare bipolar disorder to having diabetes. And it's a useful analogy in some ways because with diabetes, you have to monitor your blood sugar. And with bipolar, you need to monitor your mood. But it's not the same thing at all because we don't actually know what causes bipolar disorder. I know that there are a lot of things that we can identify that will help you heal your bipolar. But we're not, bipolar disorder is, is a, something that's, that is describing the symptoms. It's not describing the root cause of the problem. And so a lot of times people just want to find, I know for the first 10 years, I kept looking for the pills that were going to make me feel better. And that wasn't reality. I just kept getting sicker and sicker and sicker because the pills I was taking were actually just treating the symptoms and not the actual root cause of my disorder. And even once I found the micronutrients that started to give my brain what it needed to be healthy, I still had to do therapy to identify unhealthy thought and behavior patterns, unhealed trauma, unhealthy coping mechanisms, and heal all of those things so that I would stop triggering mood cycles with this behavior and these unhealthy thoughts. And, and so it takes time. There's, you have to kind of go one piece at a time, and it's a lifestyle change for your mind. A lot of times people, one, one analogy that I've heard that was really helpful is that when somebody is, has a lot of excess weight that is unhealthy for them, if they want to change that, you can't just go on a drastic diet or, or take a magic pill that will make you lose weight because you'll gain it right back. You have to experience a lifestyle change so that you can, can lose weight in a healthy way and be healthy. And that's what, what trying to learn how to live well with bipolar disorder is learning how to live in a way that will keep your, get your mind healthy and healed and help it stay healthy. And so that's the goal is to help you have, experience a lifestyle change for your mind. And the first step on that path is developing that mood cycle survival guide. So I hope you'll join the, the challenge. It's free. It's going to be, I hope I can make it fun, but it's free. If you want to look for the, or if you want to join, go to the link in my bio. It's March Madless. When you click on that, you'll get an email that'll send you the free ebook and the free workbook that are going to, that you'll use to develop your own mood cycle survival guide. Join my Facebook group so you can participate in the lives and, and we'll make it fun. And maybe you'll win one of the prizes. <laughs> so if anybody has any questions, oh, thank you, mystery. Sorry, I'm not very good at reviews. She said, thank you for your transparency. I don't think that we should feel ashamed or embarrassed about the things that we struggle with with our bipolar disorder. I feel like we need to take responsibility for our bipolar. It's not okay for us to expect people to just put up with the things that, that we're doing when we're making bad choices, when we're, when we're struggling with a mood cycle. So I believe that we need to take responsibility for ourselves, but I don't think we should be ashamed of it. You know, I struggled for a long time with my suicidal ideation. I, I hid it from people because I was so embarrassed that I was having those thoughts. I was embarrassed by them and that was dangerous for me. It's really important to ask for help and it's really important to, to be open with people that you can trust. I know that it's, there are times when you don't feel safe opening up to somebody, but find somebody you can trust and open up to them. Talk to your therapist, talk to your doctor, reach out to us in the Facebook group. That's one of the reasons why I created this Facebook group was to create a space where people can be able to talk about the things they're struggling with and find help and support. So anyway, that's it for tonight. If you have any questions, let me know in the comments or send me a message. And I really hope you'll join us for the March Madless Challenge. I'm really excited about it. I am actually super excited for next week to start so we can start the challenge. So I hope you all have a great evening and I'll hope to see you in the Facebook group. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you're ready to start on your path to wellness with bipolar, 
go to myupsideofdown.com and get your free mood cycle survival guide, four steps to successfully navigate bipolar mood swings. If you're ready for more, check out the map to wellness. Until next time, Upsiders.